Welcome to your worst nightmare. There is no escape. There is nowhere to hide. You are in my control now. Welcome to hell. And if you guys are not following me yet on social media, that will be Walter Doom on Instagram, Walter Doom One on Twitter, and Walter Doom on any streaming platform, including YouTube, where you can listen to this great, sexy, beautiful voice. Ooh. Oh yeah. I am in a singing mood today because we are gonna talk about some very interesting things, you guys. We got a new segment for our news part of the show which we are now calling The Cut. And yeah, we got some interesting news coming out that you guys really want to tune in and listen to. Also, I am going to talk about some porno. Not the porno, but the movie porno for all you perverts out there that are thinking wrong. So yeah, sit back, sit tight, and listen to the show. So, right before we get into the show, let's talk whoa, about whoa, last whoa, episode. Whoa, whoa, so, what whoa, happened whoa, in whoa, last episode? Whoa, 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 wait, wait a minute, dude. Wait a minute, dude. What? Look, look, look here. Look here, look here. Look here, dude. Let's talk about last episode. You're doing such a splendid job, Doom. I really like what you're doing all day. You know, with the with the podcasting and the in the world of Doom. I mean, that, that, that Megan girl, she's a real nice girl, man. Don't don't mess things up with her. By the way, but anyway, Mr. Doom, you know, young Doom. I'm gonna tell you one thing. Last episode was such a smashing hit. I mean, I really do like how. You did the whole thing, talking about the night stalker and what have you, and then you had the, like, various killers that you was talking about. I really like that episode. And it's doing really good in the in the YouTube algorithms right now. I hope you keep that up, buddy. You know, I want to see you do a great job, Doom. Oh, well, thank you, Producer Doom. Um, I'm glad that you could come on today and kind of... You know, entertain or actually tell the people your thoughts. You see, Doom... We, before we even, like, wanted to move the show forward and make it more better than what it was before, you know, I mean, I hope the people out there, they really like what they're hearing right yeah, now. They do, they do. I was kind do. of against it because I was like, this Doom kid, he's a little too ex- inexperienced, he's just, like, a little too old. I mean, I know I'm coming I mean, I'm kid, not that you know, old. you're a little too old, in my opinion, you know, they do. But you know what, Doom, you, you could drink... I mean, and you could talk I, about some kind of drink. fucking horror. So uh, yeah, I, mean, I was just like, let's go ahead and take a risk on this kid. Now about this episode, Doom. Yeah, I yeah. hope it doesn't break down on like the views because all I care about is the money. I mean, the yeah, money, 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 money. Heart, money. You, know, you know, just like 
just like Jerry Maguire, you know. I mean, I can't buy like some really good booze if I ain't making any money. Well, true. So I'm telling you right now, Doom. Make this episode a real good festival for the listeners. And maybe just maybe. One of my escapades and join me for a We might get kicked out. Either way, Doom, just keep doing your thing. Alright. Well, thank you, um, producer Doom, for that lovely soliloquy that you have gave all of us. Um, so right now, everybody, we are gonna continue the show and we are gonna get into a segment that I like to call the cut. All right, so for our first story for the cut, we are going to talk about Prisoner of Ghostland, which is starring Nick Cage and Bill Mosley, a new movie that should be coming out pretty soon. So the plot of this movie is set in the treacherous frontier city of Samurai Town, where a ruthless bank robber, which is played by Nicolas Cage, is sprung from jail by wealthy warlord, the governor, which is played by Bill Mosley, whose adopted daughter, Bernice, has gone missing the governor offers the prisoner his freedom in exchange for retrieving the runaway strapped into a leather suit that will self-destruct within three days the bandit sets off on a journey to find the young woman and his own path to redemption now here's a couple of things about this movie that kind of concerns me just a little bit it's two things what kind of acting is going to be in this film because this movie already sounds very fucking outrageous and two can I take this movie seriously or should I take it seriously? Like how should I approach this movie? Now, honestly, we are no strangers to Nick Cage's overacting. Let's start with that for one, like movies like nine millimeter color out of space, Mandy or the wicker man are prime examples of Nicholas Cage's overacting. My favorite movie by Nicolas Cage is 9mm, even though I do like Color Out of Space, which is probably like maybe kind of almost tied with 9mm as far as a movie with him in it. Now, here's the thing. In 9mm, he does go on a bit of an overacting tangent. In the movie, um, he is basically trying to figure out this crime dealing with like a missing girl who goes into the land of pornography and ends up getting killed. What ends up happening is that with Nick Cage, his character basically finds like the pornographers and what have you. And he starts setting his revenge on each and every one of them. The funny thing about this whole thing, and it's just like, not even the situation is funny. The movie is pretty drastic in this messaging about how dark the porn world could be but with nick cage's actions or should i say his revenge set on the pornographers is where it shows like a bit of his overacting that he usually does in movies so in this one scene he's like taking this dude down beating him up in like a fucking abandoned building and whatever and he's like why did you do it why she was just a little girl and the guy's response is like, because I felt like it. <laughs> it, it, it. Like, it was just the most lackluster answer you could get from this movie. And he, and he does this throughout the whole damn film. Well, not really the whole damn film, but like 
throughout the rest of the film where he's getting his revenge on these guys, he's just like, why did you do it? Tell me why, why? And they're just like, because I could. It's like, I'm like, I'm sitting here looking at this shit and I'm just like, what kind of answer is that? If I were to give that answer to like anybody, like say like if I'm in a romantic situation, you know, and I do something my girl don't like or whatever, you know, she asked me, why'd you do it? And I'm sitting there like, because I felt like it. Like, <laughs> how do you think that shit is going to end up? Like, it's not going to be a good situation, honestly. All hell is going to break loose. A Van, like, not Van Helsing, but all hell is going to break loose. Dracula is going to come out of the woodwork. Zombies are going to break loose. The devil himself is just going to, like, raise all the parademons with dark side and... Thanos and just come right after me for all that crazy shit talking to my girl and all that because I wanted to say because I felt like it like <laughs> nigga that's not an answer that's not a good answer at all you know and it's just not even Nick Cage I mean a movie with Nick Cage and Bill Mosley I mean I don't know how many of you guys are Bill Mosley fans I'm a fan of Bill Mosley too I like Bill Mosley honestly but can we admit like he has a very distinctive voice and it just sometimes depending on what the movie is, it can make the movie, it can make or break the movie. I should say one movie where it kind of makes it is house of a thousand corpses. You know, honestly, his portrayal of Otis Driftwood definitely was a make, but when it's following by, Three from Hell or Devil's Rejects, uh, you could kind of say it's almost a break because of a bit of the voice and a little bit of the over-dramatized violence and action by the Firefly characters. But a movie that really is kind of like, even though it could have been a break, it wasn't because it worked for this movie. Texas Chainsaw 2, his character playing as Leatherface's brother and what have you, was definitely just like, it could have broke the role for Mosley, but it didn't. And I actually do like that character that he played in that film, as well as Leatherface's dance moves. You know, that dude was out there like, you know, like Spongebob and shit like that, you know, like that dude was just getting down and everything. I mean, if y'all haven't checked out Texas Chainsaw 2, I don't know what y'all, I don't know what y'all sipping on, you know, like y'all should really check that movie out. That movie is lit as fuck, you know, I, I like the fact that they actually had that movie in Child's Play, the, the remake, and yeah, I mean, I didn't see the movie before I saw Child's Play, but after I saw it and then I saw Child's Play again, I was like, you know what? That's fucking lit. Another news segment that I want to talk about, and I mean, I know we're well enough into February, but this is dealing with one of my personal favorites, and I am glad that it's in there. You know, it is actually on this platform. I mean, once again, I mean, as a lot of you guys probably know, I am not a big Netflix fan. I really abhorred Netflix to the most, I guess, extent of my body could go with, you know, I mean, I'm not saying the platform is terrible. I mean, I still have the platform on obviously, but 
for the simple fact that it just it really does lack a lot in the horror category and i feel like they don't deliver when it comes to really good horror films i feel like they always run on this whole i guess contract with movie studios and they're like okay well we'll get like five to seven good horror films that are mainstream that everybody want to watch and then we'll give you complete shit after that you know i just feel like that's what they're doing and it's not to say like there isn't any good like under the radar movies because there's a there's a lot of under the radar movies i mean i gotta say like this netflix is the reason why i found that movie darling and darling has always been like the one movie i really enjoyed watching when i used to just get drunk and watch netflix all the time (laughs) you know (laughs) now i just get drunk and watch hbo max now (laughs) and i gotta say like it is definitely worth getting because not only did hbo max get like batman animated series so i could feel like i'm back in my youth again but they went ahead and got my favorite series saw and not only did they just get saw but they got extended version of the first saw movie and they got all the way up to saw seven all in a director's cut form yeah i just i really can't wait to start watching i'm definitely gonna be doing a marathon really soon producer doom welcome back let me talk to you real quick okay producer. i I like the things that you're doing right now baby you know you're doing your Mm -hmm. thing you're doing your thing yeah i hate to interrupt you again but i just wanted to talk to you a bit like about yeah, just yeah, yeah, like yeah. our audience you know i know you love like the gory movies and all that you yeah, know yeah, talk yeah, about dude, the I terrifiers do. and yeah. the terrifiers screams and uh and the jigsaws and all that yeah, stuff you know, with your but, drink dude like, you know baby, we need to get like a little more child friendly you know what i'm saying baby you yeah, know we need to get that money that money is what keeps the dudes I really do like the dude. You know, baby, you know. I don't want to say. Yeah. Well, you deserve this position. Yeah, but I don't want to say. Okay. I don't want to say. Shut up. 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 Shut You Shut up. 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 But, uh, yeah, baby, I'll, I'll check up um, on you later, okay. you know. I'll, I'll see you later, baby. Um, thank you, Producer Doom. Um, I guess we'll continue on with the cut. Um, yeah, so I'm glad, like, Saw is coming to HBO Max. And, yeah, I can't wait till it comes out. I mean, it is definitely not really my guilty pleasure i mean a lot of people would say it's a guilty pleasure but it's definitely like one of my favorite movie series 
of all time, you know? And I can't wait to watch it. I mean, I can't wait to do a movie marathon. Also coming out to HBO Max that you guys should probably check out, Amityville Horrors, the old school and the old five version. I am excited to watch those two. Another one that I just watched recently, Jason Goes to Hell, and I wish that movie went to hell too. So, yeah, that's definitely something to check out. Not only should we be thinking about movies that are coming to the platform, but we should also be thinking about movies that are leaving the platform too. And a couple of movies that I am very sad to see leave are Us, the Jordan Peele movie that I watched in 2019, and it's definitely still a classic um, I didn't really get a chance to really rewatch the film itself when I did. I kind of was just like not really in the mood to watch it. But I'm definitely going to take the time to watch it before it leaves. It leaves February 22nd. So if any of you guys are in the mood to watching us, definitely check it out. Another movie is Doctor Sleep, a movie that I know I need to watch. And everybody has always been saying like this movie was one of the best movies of 2019. Was it Ultimate Horror Fan? I don't know. This dude ain't coming out right now. We'll probably hear from him later. But um, Dr. Sleep, I need to watch that sometime soon before it totally leaves the platform. Because I myself would never live with myself if I don't watch this film. So last thing in our docket of The Cut is Samara is in a Super Bowl commercial. So as you guys know, for those that are listening to this, probably days after, um, and you've probably seen the commercial already if you are interested in sports, we all know the Super Bowl is coming up this past weekend or has passed this past weekend. Or if you guys are still following me and not lost, it was definitely some weekend ago. <laughs> Like, I am talking to you guys in the past, but when you're listening to this, it'll be in the future. But in context, I can't believe they made a Super Bowl commercial with Samara dancing, but it's just not a commercial based on Samara dancing. This commercial is based on a new streaming platform by Paramount called Paramount Plus. And my, oh my, are we in for a doozy because this commercial is featuring Patrick Stewart, Tom Selleck, and Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) Damn it, Beavis. (laughs) Yeah, and that is my Beavis and Butthead impersonation. You won't get another one. (laughs) But anyway, one thing that I've learned from this Super Bowl commercial coming from Paramount is that yes, we are in and we are due for another streaming service. This streaming service seems pretty promising because part of this platform are going to be shows from CBS, which means all those shows on CBS All Access finally has a bigger platform to go to. So CBS, BET, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, MTV, hence the Beavis and Butthead, and the Smithsonian Channel. Now, I have never heard of the Smithsonian Channel. Honestly, I am not going to try and make a joke or try and figure out what the hell that shit is. But either way, I don't give a fuck. But anyway, I know the main thing everybody is going to ask is how much is this going to cost me? And that's one thing I wonder myself. So right now, the cost is pretty unknown. But if we have to compare and contrast 
the price to CBS All Access to what the possible price of Paramount Plus is going to be. Now, right now, CBS is going for $9.99 as a premium price with $5.99 if you want ads in your shit. Now, if you go and think about like, well, if they're going to take everything from CBS and put it on this bigger platform, we're possibly looking at a range from $12 to $14 for this streaming site. The next question is, is should you get it? Now, I'm not a person to tell you whether you should get something or not, but honestly, I am kind of getting a little irritated with this now with all these streaming platforms. Again, I know I said I wasn't going to get HBO. I said I wasn't going to get Disney. But look at my dumbass now. I got both of them. <laughs> like I can't help it. I'm a slave to the system. So, yeah, um, I love my fucking movies. You know, I need something to get drunk to. But anyway, I don't know whether this should be worth getting. If you are a huge fan of CBS, BT, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon. Now, honestly, I mean, probably I am a fan of like it having the Nick shows because that means we get old school Doug. We get old school Rugrats. Um, MTV, we get old school Beavis and Butthead. I mean, honestly, I haven't seen Beavis and Butthead for years, and I've always been trying to watch Beavis and Butthead on YouTube because they have, like, few clips on there. And, yeah, I mean, I know if you watch Pluto TV, they actually show some very old-school episodes of Beavis and Butthead on there as, like, a marathon every Sunday, I believe, when I used to watch Pluto TV. Other than that, um, yeah, if you guys want to take your chance on Paramount Plus, I mean, go ahead. I mean, I honestly think it's going to be in the 12 to $14 range, maybe higher. I don't know. But it does look promising with, like, everything it's offering. And, yeah, this just creates even more of a bigger divide in these streaming wars that we are in. But other than that, I am about to take a break right now. And when I come back, we are going to be porning for some porno <laughs> so like you shouldn't say in a scary movie I'll be right back alright so then when I came out I wasn't really interested in watching that movie at all first time I heard about it was on an article from Blank Disgusting. It was basically talking about a porno movie theater coming to haunt like kids and shit like that. Now, honestly speaking, um, I don't think I didn't think much of it. I was just not really interested in watching this movie at all. I thought it was gonna be stupid. I thought it was just gonna be one of those goofy um coming of age horror movie comedies. And what have you, like, kind of like American Pie, but not as good. But I'm pretty sure, like, if I look at American Pie now, it probably aged out pretty bad. <laughs> but when it finally came to Shudder, I actually checked it out. And sure enough, it did kind of, like, confirm my thoughts about how this movie was going to be presented and what have you. And... Yeah, I mean, I didn't think it was anything really special at all, but 
after I took a look at it for a second time this past week, I actually got a different take on it a little bit. So porno, it is set in the year of the 1990s and it's dealing with five teen employees who are working at a local movie theater in a small Christian town. And in this town, in this theater that they're working in, they discover an old film that's hidden in their basement, which they didn't even know existed in the first place, which is weird as fuck anyway. With this video, it unleashes a sexual succubus demon who is trying to pretty much take over the crew or just kill the crew as it is because it is a succubus. Um, some of the things that I want to talk about is some of the things that I like about this film and some of the things that I really just didn't care about. Some of the things that I really like about this film that it does real well now mind you like i'm not really taking much interest in this film i don't really see this film as doing much more but getting like a bunch of cheap laughs out of me or what have you and sure enough expected i mean it was what it was it was a coming of age story it dealt with a bunch of teens and it had a bunch of like sex and pee and poop jokes I would say like those jokes was probably one of the things that I didn't really like because again I mean I kind of outgrew the whole Adam Sandler phase you know like when you're always in middle school like I remember back in middle school I used to be a big fan of Adam Sandler movies I always thought like those were like the supreme cream of the crop movies and that I would never get tired of them Sure enough, we all get older and we outgrow the shit that we used to love when we were kids because, well, we develop a better taste. We learn a little bit more and we relate to things a little bit differently than we do when we were kids. So, of course, I'm not going to find it funny when when the characters in the movie named Heavy Metal Jeff says, yeah, the boss is going to explode my nuts. And later on in the film we actually visually see his nuts getting exploded as well a visual image of the other character Ricky who is this undercover gay athlete helping Jeff get his nuts exploded nuts right back in its sack yeah I, I don't see how that was even funny at all more gross than anything if you ask me <laughs> but some of the things that were pretty interesting about this film is that it does delve a lot into like the difference between human sexuality and perversion versus the purity culture phase in this movie it does kind of like drive that that question, that, that fine line of conversation of should we be demonizing people as bad as we are for their sexual deviancy? And what I mean is like in this story, um, there's a lot of characters that have like their own kinks and what have you, you know, and at the same time, they put up this whole facade. So like this character named Mr. Pike, who's supposed to be like this 
outstanding Christian man who is trying to help all the characters in the story try and live a chaste and fulfilling life. He has a deep dark secret where he's actually secretly filming girls in the in the women's restroom and he is getting off on that as well as the character Abe who is a peeping Tom and he forces his friend Todd to go be a peeping Tom with him but the problem with that is that while being a peeping Tom they get caught. Abe manages to escape, but Todd ends up having to be the one getting caught and having to register himself as a offender and just being completely demonized by, once again, the other character, Heavy Metal Jeff, for just the deviancy of being seen as a pervert. Or the other character, Ricky, as I mentioned earlier, homosexual athlete, had to keep his secret under wraps because in the 90s, it wasn't cool to come out, you know, and actually state your own sexual preference to anybody. So it does kind of like talk about like some preferences that these people are dealing with. And it's a very interesting dialogue that I just won't really get into too much because this is not what this movie, this whole review is about. <laughs> Another thing that was really good is like basically the art style editing and the special effects. I mean, as you all know, I am a big like art house type person. I do like art house like movies. I love movies that are like Midsummer, Darling, Suspiria, or the lighthouse you know those real artsy horror films and to see like they had this kind of aesthetic in the film in the scene where they where the characters who are watching this porn flick which they think is a porn flick i mean i honestly think it's just an art house type film that's experimental but that's that's up for debate for those who watch the movie um the characters they pretty much see this interesting um editing of this fit of this film and they're being seducted by all the glimmering lights that are kind of reminiscent of Suspiria in a way honestly besides like the whole aesthetic of like the art style editing and special effects not everything is created equal there are some goofy effects in the film, like this portal that they use to get to this other dimension and what have you, where Todd, who has like this condition with his hand, which is another reason why he got caught being a peeping Tom, um, his hand starts becoming normal and yeah, he's becoming possessed by the creature, which is a succubus. Now, let me touch base on the succubus real quick. I have not seen many movies dealing with the succubus. I really think this was a really good change of pace for a film itself to have a villain being featured that's not a werewolf, vampire, zombie, or serial killer. It was a succubus, a mythological creature. It's almost as good as like whenever movies take a risk on characters like Slenderman or La Llorona 
or whatever. You know, granted, those films aren't good, but they did take the risk on those characters. And hopefully later on in life, we could get better movies with those characters in it. But going back to the editing style, like, like I said, not all editing is created equally. Some of the editing with like Todd when he was in his possession looked pretty goofy itself. Um, at one point, it did seem like they kind of forgot to put like the whole voice filter for when, uh, when he was possessed and kind of like used his real voice. But speaking of the characters, which I also like to really jump on while we're on the topic of those characters, the characters themselves were pretty predictable. Yes, they have some very interesting archetypes of like what what their backstories are and what have you. But there was no real development from these characters, especially out of the main character, Chaz, who is supposedly in love with Ricky. At least we're being led to believe that she's in love with Ricky, but we, but she's the only character that really knows Ricky's real secret. And as she goes through, and I would have to say probably she's the only one that really seeks some real development. Now that I think about it, um, she actually is the only one that really understands a lot of things about what is being told as real and what is literally the real story. Like she actually realized the two and two life of Mr. Pike where he comes off as this wholesome man, but after they discover his thousands of tapes and video camera, she sees that this man is only, is a liar and he's a fake in that he is not the man that he portrays himself to be. You know, he's a man with flaws. Same thing she did with, with Ricky. Like she was in love with him, like I said, but she wanted him to actually come out and really admit to himself what he really likes, which was other men. Besides that, I mean, she was the only one that really had much of a development in the story. Whereas the characters, they kind of come in terms of who they are, but they're really kind of like not really doing anything different with themselves. Um, a lot of their characters were pretty much predictable and it was foreseeable about what was going to happen, especially with Abe actually trying to save Todd and admitting like his fault and what have you. There's a lot of like definite mundane and actual predictable storylines that we haven't seen in like other coming of age films before. So before it used to be a two, but I'm going to have to give it three dead hookers on this one. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I definitely got to say this is a movie yo, to check yo, out. Yo, 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 yo. Okay, dude. Let me talk to you for a second. I don't know why you give this movie a three. It is a one at best. Come on, man. I mean, you try to relate it to Sophia. Come on, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Art House. This is pure trash. I mean, all Art House movies are trash. Come on, man. Where's the monster? I mean, yeah, there's a succubus, but she wasn't even scary. Come on, man. 
like, what are we doing with this film? This film wasn't even funny. It wasn't even scary. It turned me on more than anything. I mean, damn, did you see that succubus? I mean, yeah, what I wouldn't do for one night with her, like Lil Yachty. <laughs> but anyway, dude, look, man, you need to get your rating system right because three dead hookers is not what it needs. It needs one homeless man. That's the right rating for it. Thank you, Ultimate Horror Fan. I mean, thank you for your concern. Thank you for your criticism. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are just my ratings, you know. Give or take, you guys don't have to take my ratings for what it is. If you guys love the movie, this is all you. By all means, love the movie. But if you are not a fan of the movie, by all means, you could not be a fan of this movie. This is just my personal rating scale. This is just my thoughts about it. And if it deserves three dead hookers, I mean, it might as well get three dead hookers. I'm just saying. What? what we can't really do without three dead hookers. I'm just saying. Um, but anyway, I'm going to go ahead and take another break. And when I come back, I am going to come back with the outro. And we are back. And once again, if you want to follow me on my social medias, those social medias are Instagram, Walter Doom, and Twitter, Walter Doom One. And if you want to follow me on streaming, which is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever, it is all Walter Doom. Anyway, we are now in the outro. And as you guys know, I always have a slasher corner movie for you. So we are now in the slasher corner. And today's Slasher Corner movie of the week is Hellfest, which just got released to Netflix. It is starring Rain Edwards, who was in the Into the Dark series movie Pilgrim, Bex Taylor Claus, who was in the Screen TV series, and Amy Forsyth, who was in the movie Channel Zero, and Tony Todd, who was now in the Candyman movie. Um, but anyway, this plot is focusing on a Halloween night where three w- young women and their respective boyfriends head to Hellfest, a ghoulish traveling carnival that features a labyrinth of rides, games, and mazes. They soon face a bloody night of terror when a mass serial killer turns the horror theme park into his own personal playground. The thing is, I watched this movie earlier before I did this show, and I gotta say, I really do like this movie. It is definitely like not as gory it's gory but it's not gory in the sense of like a saw type gore it is definitely pretty light on the gore um the only gory things you really see is like a kid he gets his head smashed with a hammer that's about as i feel like it's as gory as it really gets in the movie besides all the other characters getting stabbed up and yeah i mean the premise of the story is pretty basic. I mean, just some kids out in the Halloween theme park, you know, going through rides and shit like that, getting scared, and then there's a killer on the loose. Just a basic run-the-mill serial killer on the run going after kids and all that, kind of like Friday the 13th. So if you guys are interested in seeing kids getting stuck in, like, 
maze mazes and what have you just like in escape room or some shit like that this is definitely a movie to check out it is definitely interesting i gotta give this one three hookers up too <laughs> three dead hookers i should say but anyway this has been another episode of let's talk about horror i am signing out if you guys want to follow me on my social medias both social medias again are walter doom on instagram walter doom one on twitter and everything else streaming is walter doom so this has been another episode i am signing out i will see you guys next time this is america don't let me catch you slipping now stay diabolical Peace.